you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant, still fully vaccinated, still dodging variants like Neo in the Matrix. And we are almost through week 10. Got a big show for you, as we always do. We got producer Justin and the specialists alongside behind the scenes making this thing happen. A cast of dozens uh, that helps put this show on. And joining me here on screen, as always, Michael F. Florio. And, you know, last week we came on the show on Monday and we were all sort of bewildered because week nine did not go anything according to plan. Uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like week 10, everything sort of righted itself. Like, I feel like I got a lot more right in week 10, certainly than I did in week nine. Yeah, it was definitely a better week. Still some weird stuff that I'm, we're definitely going to talk about, but nothing like week nine. So uh, it felt good getting back on uh, some calls, right? Getting some wins back in uh, on some leagues that I took a hard loss on last week. So feeling a lot better than a week ago, that's for sure. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, too, because doing this job, people always ask, like, you know, how do I, you know, what is it like doing this job? And I'm always like, you know, Part of it is you want to help people. You want to make sure you're helping people win their fantasy leagues. But there's also the human element of just wanting to be right. <laughs> you know, like you don't want to sit here uh, and be wrong because then you look like a fool. Um, after week nine, I think we all as an industry sort of look like fools. I think after week 10, we feel a lot better about ourselves. Like, you know, maybe we, uh, you know, maybe we know what we're doing a little bit here. So predicting the future is uh, tough. Predictive future is hard. I tell that to people all the time. Like, it gave, this job has given me newfound respect for meteorologists. That's all I know. <laughs> um, we got a lot to talk about uh, on this show today. Well, we will ask the question, is Stefan Diggs finally becoming the wide receiver we hoped for? Uh, is Antonio Gibson starting to turn a corner for the Washington football team and for your fantasy squad? And we will preview the Rams and the 49ers coming up tonight on Monday Night Football as we close out Week 10. But... Let's get started, as we always do, with some fantasy headlines. And we will start in Green Bay, where Aaron Jones left the game against the Seahawks on Sunday with a knee injury. Now, initially, uh, it seemed very worrisome. There were reports uh, that he had gone to talk to his family after he left the medical tent, that he had tears in his eyes, and certainly uh, we all thought the worst, hoped for the best, but thought the worst. Turns out it is a knee sprain. The early reports are that he will miss one to two weeks. The Packers also do have a bye coming up soon, so that may be another game that you're going to be without Aaron Jones uh, but we saw yesterday AJ Dillon stepped in played very well this is a guy that I know you've been high on I've liked as well so now with Aaron Jones out for the foreseeable future is AJ Dillon a must start for your fantasy team I think so. I mean, yesterday in a game where Aaron Jones was active for at least the first half of it, A.J. Dillon played only 51% of the snaps, still had 23 touches, uh, 66 yards on the ground, also added 62 through the air, uh, scored the touchdowns. 
he he was playing really well, Marcus. This was his third game of the year with over 15 touches. He has shown us he can be utilized in the passing game, been targeted 18 times this year, caught 16 of them. Aaron Jones has continuously been an RB1 for years now in this offense, one of the best offenses in football. That is my expectation for A.J. Dillon. I think he should come in as an RB1, and I think his upside, because he could get even more work potentially than uh, Aaron Jones, who we know they like to sh you know, shed a little bit of time with, with the secondary running back. I think he has top five upside, but I definitely think he is an RB1 right now. I mean, I, I've been saying for a while that he has really taken well to that Jamal Williams role, and anybody who's had Aaron Jones on their fantasy squads for the last few years knew how frustrating Jamal Williams could be because he would step in, he would take some of those opportunities, and he would generally do pretty well with them. And so Dylan seems to be continuing that tradition there in Green Bay. And so it will be, uh, I think, I guess, refreshing if you have A.J. Dillon to know that he can step in and handle the big workload there. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a situation where he handles all of the touches. There will probably be another name that we see rotate in there a little bit. Uh, but but A.J. Dillon, if you've got him, I think it's going to be worth playing. And if he's somehow, I don't know why he would be, but if somehow he is available on your waiver wire, uh, we'll probably get to that a little bit later in the show, then you probably should go on and, and add him there. Um, in Los Angeles uh, last week, obviously the big news for the Rams was the signing of Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, what we found out afterwards is that the same day the Rams signed Odell, they lose Robert Woods. He tears his ACL in practice. He is going to be out for the remainder of the season. Uh, he put out a note on social media kind of thanking the fans for their support and just kind of letting everybody know that he's going to be okay and he will be back hopefully for next year as well. Uh, not much to say about this. We'll talk a little bit more about Odell. Uh, we'll talk about Van Jefferson. We'll talk about the Rams and we talk about Monday Night Football. But, uh, you know, I will say, Florio, this, it's a tough loss. Obviously for the Rams, it's a big loss. For Robert Woods, it's a disappointing loss. But even for fantasy because after a slow start he was actually starting to play really well and was looking like the guy you probably spent a little bit of draft capital on yeah he was and he leads this team in end zone targets i think a lot of people would guess that is cooper cup but it's actually been robert woods so i'm going to be keeping a close eye tonight on how they their offense operates in the red zone but marcus this felt like wrestling or like a tv show like one of the most durable players in the NFL, Robert Woods. It feels like this is his first injury ever the same day that Odell Beckham arrives into town. Like, what are the chances? You can't make this stuff up. I mean, if it were a TV show, you'd be like, yeah, this is fake. Like, this, nah, it wouldn't <laughs> happen. But uh, alas, here we are. Um, in Tennessee, Julio Jones and his struggles with that, that meddlesome hamstring continues. He has been placed on injured reserve for the Tennessee Titans, which means he's going to miss at least three games. Um, I mean, he just hasn't been able to get right all year. This has been a lingering issue. He, he just has never been able to stay on the field consistently in Tennessee. Uh, we we obviously know AJ Brown is pretty much widely owned. I mean, if, if I don't want to play in a league, or maybe I do want to play in a league where AJ Brown is still somehow on the waiver wire, I don't know. But with no Julio Jones, uh, is there another Titans receiver that's worth picking up at this point? Uh, there's no direct Julio Jones replacement, that is for sure. And I will take the big L on Julio Jones. I thought he could have had a big year this year opposite of A.J. Brown. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. This, this hamstring has hampered him all year long. 
But if you're in a deeper league or you're going a little bit deeper and you need a replacement, I think Marcus Johnson is a name that uh, he caught my eye a little bit yesterday. He played 62% of the snaps. That was the second most of their receivers. He led the Titans in targets with six, catches with five, and receiving yards with 100. A.J. Brown had an awful game yesterday. One catch, I, I, the volume just wasn't there for him. I had a couple people telling me on Twitter they were thinking of dropping him. Do not do that, but... I think Marcus Johnson is just a uh, a deeper league ad, Marcus. I don't think you could get a direct Julio replacement off the waiver wire just yet. I I think that's the case. I don't I don't even know if I would take the swing at Marcus Johnson. This that feels like point chasing a little bit. The the good news is a silver lining to this. Uh, one, if you have Julio Jones, you have probably sort of figured out how to maneuver without him because that's just been the situation for a good portion of the year um if you haven't then at least it's at a position that has depth in fantasy right if you lose a wide receiver there's a pretty good chance you can find another productive wide receiver you can sort of mix and match uh kind of plug and play off the waiver wire a little bit so at least that kind of works in your favor but i'm with you I thought this was going to be a great situation for Julio. I thought it was going to be a great situation for the Titans offense. Um, but, you know, now they've lost Julio Jones. They've lost Derrick Henry. Um, and yet somehow on the field, they're still 8-2. Uh, they're playing good football. Uh, they're winning games even without the, a couple of their big offensive stars. So we'll see how long it continues. But uh, it's been a frustrating, frustrating year for, uh, for Julio. Uh, there is some good news, though. We finished the Jacoby Myers. We have been talking about this guy for weeks on end, about how he hasn't been able to score a touchdown. It seemed like it was close so many times. And finally, finally on Sunday, it happened. Just a, a little short pass from Mac Jones. He breaks a tackle against the Browns, sprints to the end zone, dives across the goal line, and scores his first NFL touchdown. Uh, Florio, it was fantastic. It was fabulous. I think, I don't even know if we could even believe our eyes. It was his 135th career reception. Uh, so it was it was really awesome to finally see Jacoby Myers score a touchdown yesterday. Yeah, it was. I believe he had the most targets before a touchdown in in history. So, I mean, you, you have to feel bad for the guy. A couple weeks ago, he had one call back due to a penalty. Then he scored a two-point conversion uh, one week. So, he, he's gotten a little taste of the end zone, but this one officially counts. I was waiting for a flag. It never came. <laughs> uh, and it was awesome to see all his teammates celebrate with him because we knew that he hadn't scored. We joke about it, but Clearly, his teammates did as well, and they wanted to celebrate with who their number one wide receiver is finally scoring a touchdown. I mean, most of the team ran over to the end zone to celebrate with him, uh, to, to share the moment. It was amazing. Uh, you know, the, by the way, the answer to the trivia question, it was thrown by Brian Hoyer. Uh, it was not Michael <laughs> because at that point it was such a blowout that uh, Mac Jones had been pulled, Hoyer had come in, and they finally get the touchdown to Jacoby Myers. I, I went, I put together a list of, uh, of facts about this Jacoby Myers touchdown. Um, 798 days passed between his first NFL game and him scoring his first NFL touchdown uh, on Sunday. In that time, uh, Derrick Henry, probably not a big surprise, has the most touchdowns in that span, including the playoffs, has 47 touchdowns, 45 of them in the regular season. Uh, the <laughs> last time Jacoby Myers scored a touchdown that mattered, uh, it was December 1st, 2018. He was still playing at North Carolina State. It was in a game against East Carolina. At that point, on December 1st, 2018, the number one movie in America was Ralph Breaks the Internet. 
and the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 was Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. So wow. a lot a lot has happened. Uh, I mean, we've had a presidential election. I mean, there, there's been so much that has happened. Uh, COVID wasn't the... a thing. Right. Uh, so um, congratulations, Jacoby Myers. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that gets us to the things we learned, the thing we do every uh, the week here, uh, where we look at the games from Sunday and we take something away from what we saw on the football action. And uh, so for you, Florio, what was a thing that you pulled out of uh, this week's games? That even the GOAT, even the greatest one to ever lace them up, can bust. I mean, Tom Brady came into this game averaging 330 passing yards per game, three touchdowns per game, and he was facing the Washington defense that was allowing the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. An average game for them was giving up over 300 passing yards and two and a half passing touchdowns. So I thought Tom Brady was in a great spot. I thought he and all the Bucks players around him were going to go off, but it was not meant to be. Tom Brady finished with just 13 fantasy points. He was outscored by Mason. Rudolph so that tells you how bad it was in week 10 for the GOAT and it just shows us that these weird dud games that we've been getting Marcus we had it with Josh Allen against the Jaguars Lamar Jackson against Miami uh, uh, it, all of these top teams have been losing in weird games it, the GOAT isn't even above it this year even the GOAT can uh, can disappoint us I mean I, I talked about all the things we got right this week this is when I got majorly wrong because on NFL fantasy Same. game day I said Tom Brady was going to be the top scorer for the week um, yeah he wasn't even in the conversation with the way uh, that happened um, the thing I learned, and we sort of talked about this uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago. We talked about it in terms of Javante Williams not just taking over in the Buffalo or the, the Broncos backfield. But I think we should just spin it around and say, look, maybe we were wrong about Melvin Gordon. Maybe we underrated Melvin Gordon, where we just all sort of assumed that the young guy was going to push him aside. But Melvin Gordon continues to play well, and he's doing it in what is a fairly limited role there in Denver. I mean, uh, yeah, he's still having to split time with Javante Williams, and both of those guys are playing good football and being very effective. But there is nothing we have seen from Melvin Gordon this year to suggest he deserves less opportunity than what he is getting. Had uh, you, know, you see the 9.3 points against the Eagles, not super spectacular, but he's been very effective running the football. Uh, he's finding the end zone on a pretty consistent basis, uh, and he's just... He's just kind of hanging around. He's a, a top 15 running back as we sit here and talk right now. And look, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's because we've seen him you know, lose his job to Austin Eckler and to Philip Lindsay in the past. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, we just seem to kind of keep downplaying Melvin Gordon. And he just seems to keep hanging around and doing his thing out here. I think a big part of it is we just want Javante Williams to be an RB1. You know, we all have uh, short attention spans in the fantasy community. We all want the, the new shiny toy. And to give him credit, Javante Williams has done everything that we wanted him to do. He's missing, uh, forcing a bunch of missed tackles. He's still looking pretty explosive. But Melvin Gordon is holding his own. And the big thing is Melvin Gordon is getting the touches near the goal line and scoring the touchdowns. So he actually would be the Broncos running back that I prefer to start right now. Although I will say Javante Williams next year and beyond, I, I think he's going to be awesome and come with a ton of hype and live up to it. But this year, I think it's going to be tough because Melvin Gordon is not going to go away. He's not. Um, I mean, I think what, what works for Javante, as you sort of pointed out, is 
Uh, next year is great. Melvin Gordon's at the end of this contract. And the recent history of running backs suggests that uh, he's certainly not going to command a big salary, and there's a very good chance that the Broncos move on from him. So uh, for anybody who has Javante Williams in Dynasty Leagues, uh, you know, stay the course because next year very much could be uh, his year and uh, your year as well for fantasy. But, uh, hey, man, all hail Melvin Gordon. Props to him for just, you know, continuing to be productive uh, continuing to do his thing. That gets us to a break. We come back. We will look at some of the top performers from the week, including Stefan Diggs, who uh, had the huge breakout game we've finally been waiting for. We'll see if that's the start of something big next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's take a look at some of the top performers for Week 10. Obviously still one more game to go, but uh, as we sit right now, Patrick Mahomes back atop the QB rankings. He is the QB1 with uh, just over 36 points. Trevor Simeon tied for QB4 with just a shade under 20 points. Your RB2 is Ramondre Stevenson. A.J. Dillon is your RB3 with 26.8. The Ernest Johnson, uh, another spot start for him and another pretty successful outing. He's the RB6 with 22.7. Antonio Gibson at 21.8. Stefan Diggs, your wide receiver one right now with just over 30 points. Hunter Henry is your tight end two at 19.7. Tyler Conklin, uh, if you've been streaming, was a pretty good option this week. Tight end four at 16.1. Dan Arnold continuing to, kind of, to just kind of hang around the rankings there. He's their tight end six at 13.7. So, Stefan Diggs was on that list, had a huge week. We have sort of been waiting for this to happen. I mean, I know you as a Bills fan have especially been waiting for this to happen, but uh, a lot of fantasy folks out there as well waiting for a big performance from Stefan Diggs. Eight for 162 and a touchdown. Uh, is this the start of something big now? Or can we expect Stefan Diggs to be that guy that we spent the high draft pick on? I'm I'm really hoping so, uh, and, and not only as a Bills fan because I traded for Stephon Diggs in a bunch of leagues already this year. He might be my most rostered wide receiver, and it just it hasn't been what we expected. But yesterday was a step in the right direction. The 13 targets is a ties a season high. He had a 46 percent target share, tied a season high in red zone targets, second most air yards he's seen in a game. So the usage is awesome. What stands out to me is it kind of reminded me of last season, like. They weren't looking to spread the ball around, and that's what they kind of have been doing this year, not just going straight to Diggs and kind of letting Diggs beat the, you know, be the number one option and beat the guy downfield, uh, go one-on-one. Like, they've been spreading the ball out, getting a lot of Cole Beasley, a lot of Emmanuel Sanders and Dawson Knox involved. That wasn't the case yesterday, and it was just like, hey, our best could beat your best, and we're just going to repeatedly do this until you prove it that you can stop it. That is what the Bills did last season, so... I don't think one game is enough to say Stephon Diggs is fully back to being what he was last year, but I think it's closer now than it has been at any point this season. So it's a, a step in the right direction, and definitely he is trending upwards moving forward, I would say. What's really encouraging on top of just the usage rates and them just kind of, you know, kind of hammering uh, the Stefan Diggs part, portion of the playbook uh, is the schedule, too, going forward. I mean, some of the games they got coming up, they got the, the Colts, they've got the Saints, uh, they've got the Bucks. 
Um, you know, they got the Panthers, who have sort of been a mess a little bit. I know they, they were big against the Cardinals on Sunday, but before that, they had kind of been a mess. They've got the Falcons in what is fantasy Super Bowl week. So, um, you know, maybe this is starting to turn at exactly the right time. And you, you talked about uh, acquiring Stefan Diggs, and I know that the trading deadline is coming up in the next couple weeks in a lot of fantasy leagues. So maybe it is worth uh, trying to spin up and get Stefan Diggs because we know how good he can be. And if the usage rates start to fall in line and the schedule starts to line up, uh, then he could be a guy that ends up being a league winner uh, down the stretch for a, a whole lot of different fantasy managers. Um, staying in the division, Hunter Henry, uh, the yards, nothing spectacular for Hunter Henry yardage-wise. Uh, he was your tight end to four catches for 37 yards. That was kind of meh. But he did have two touchdowns. And lately, he has been a touchdown scoring machine for the New England Patriots. You know, I always like to say touchdowns are fickle beasts, and I still believe that, but they seem to be showing up on Hunter Henry's ranch, so how long can he keep this going? I don't think he's going to keep this touchdown pace up. He's not going to give you a touchdown each and every week, but this is his role in the offense. We kind of expected it to be Jonu Smith coming into the year, but he is their top red zone weapon. I mean, he has multiple red zone targets in three straight games now, and since week four, he is one game with less than 9.9 .9 fantasy points, so basically giving you double digits each and every week. The floor is very low because if he doesn't, like in that one game in that stretch without a touchdown, 4.3 fantasy points because he's going to get you like four targets a game. He's not giving a whole bunch of yards. In fact, he is one game all year with more than 50 yards. So he's not giving you yardage at all. He's not going to give you a bunch of catches. But when you're getting deeper at tight end, you kind of only want a touchdown. So I think that he remains like a low end tight end one that's a streamable option, at least for the time being right now. Yeah, it's funny. The, the one game he didn't score a touchdown in that stretch was against the Chargers. Like in the revenge game, <laughs> he doesn't score a touchdown. Uh, but he made up for it by scoring two on Sunday. And Right. The, the touchdown upside is great, but it's also hard to count on. The streak has been nice. Um, although, you, know, you want to talk about tight end being gross. This might be the grossest tight end year in a long time because Hunter Henry right now is your tight end four. Uh, you look at his numbers. He has 31 catches for 353 yards, which is not great. But he's got seven touchdowns, and that makes him your number four tight end. Even what's been a down year for Travis Kelsey, there's still a sizable gap between him and the number two tight end right now. Um, it's not getting better. It might be getting worse at the tight end position right now. I, I mean, just this week alone, we had Hawkinson and Mike Isecki put up zero. Darren Waller hasn't been what we paid up for in drafts. So that's the thing. Like When you're getting down to like tight end 12, 11, 12 each week, you're just like, which of these guys has a chance of scoring a touchdown? Hunter Henry has the best chance right now. So Hunter Henry, by default, is basically a tight end one right now. Although I will say, Marcus, uh, if I had to choose between him and Dan Arnold, I'll go the safer route with the volume with Dan Arnold. But I, I think both of those guys are tight end ones right now. I'm just sorry. I need to pause a moment and just like let that <laughs> statement wash over me. Like If I'm choosing between Hunter Henry or Dan Arnold, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just a wild statement yeah. that I never thought I just never thought we'd be saying uh, at this point. Uh, all right, so that was the good of week 10. Let's get to the bad and talk about the guys that frustrated us with a little thing we like to call I'm salty. Last week was I'm sorry because we just completely whiffed on everything. This week we were pretty good on things, so now we can go back to complaining uh, about the guys who let us down. Who, for you, was one of the biggest disappointments of the week? 
This one, uh, this one hurt a lot because not only it, it's Mike Williams, and not only was I talking up Mike Williams as a good start this week, Mike Williams was one of my favorite players coming into the year to target in drafts. I have him on a bunch of teams myself, and it's not just a week ten thing for Mike Williams. Like the first five weeks, Marcus, twenty five percent target share, almost one hundred and twenty air yards per game. He was giving us 23 fantasy points per game. But since week six on, the target share drops to 15%. His air yards drop more than half. He's averaging just 53 per game. And he's given us less than six fantasy points per game with no touchdowns in the last five weeks. And I, I don't like, I, I can't fully explain it because he's still the same talented receiver. I don't think he's a wide receiver one like he was the first month, but I don't think he's a receiver that should be putting up six fantasy points either and getting just, you know, like five targets a game. Like, why are we not throwing the ball to this guy more? But one thing that I, w I looked up today, coincidentally, week six is the week that Mike Williams appeared on the injury report, and he came out that week and said he couldn't do what he likes to do on the football field. He needed to take the entire bye week to rest. He says he is okay now, but the only exp explanation I could really think of is Mike Williams is playing through this knee injury and is not a hundred percent right now, but for fantasy, it's getting to the point where he is no longer just a set it and forget it guy. Like he is very much so someone that you could bench. And I know people are out there thinking of cutting him. I wouldn't do it yet, but I, I can't say I blame you for considering it. Here are some of the names that have outscored uh, Mike Williams at receiver in the last four weeks. Uh, Tajay Sharp, uh, Marquise Goodwin, Kendall Hinton. These are some of the guys that have more fantasy Emergency points. quarterback. <laughs> Emergency quarterback, Kendall Hinton, uh, has more points in the last four weeks than Mike Williams. By the way, if you ever click on Kendall Hinton's name on NFL.com, uh, he's got a pretty cool picture. He's got these glasses on. He looks really, he looks very professorial. Um, yeah, go check it out. It doesn't mean anything, but uh, <laughs> but it, it, it has been a slog for Mike Williams, especially considering how good he was at the start of the season. Like We expected regression. We didn't expect him to just fall off a cliff, uh, and that's kind of what's happened. Um, for me, it's A.J. Brown, and this is sort of a one-week thing. This isn't some long thing, although I'm, I'm surprised and dismayed when you say that people are hitting you up asking if they should drop A.J. Brown. Um, do not do that. Please no. do not do that. Uh, A.J. Brown is still very good, and A.J. Brown's still going to get a lot of targets, and I understand that Sunday was not great. Uh, he had just the one catch for 16 yards. He did have seven rushing yards, if that makes you feel any better. Probably doesn't. Um, it just was a bad game. Like it, it's one of those things that happens. We didn't expect it, especially with Julio Jones not available. Uh, but but it's one of those things. So I would not drop AJ Brown. I would not panic. Although here's the thing: if you have somebody in your league that's freaking out, maybe see if you can swing a trade. Because uh, I would definitely want this guy on my roster. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little bit frustrated that uh, in a game where it seemed like it was all set up for him to have a big game, especially against a Saints secondary that was struggling, uh, he didn't. So um, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about that. It's just it's just one of those things, right? There's nothing there's yeah. nothing that we should be concerned about long term. It, it's frustrating because yeah, I understand the Saints have uh, have Lattimore there, who's a really good cornerback, and and with no Julio, I know all of the defensive attention falls on AJ Brown, but four targets, like come on, this guy is by far head and shoulders your best receiver. He should be getting way more than four targets each week. And and yeah, every Sunday night I like to tweet out like who's someone you're thinking of dropping and usually you get a couple of angry big names and uh AJ Brown was this week that a lot of people were angry with. So uh hopefully it was just a Sunday night reaction. By Tuesday everyone should come to their senses and realize like, hey, 
AJ Brown is far too good to even consider ever even sitting, let alone dropping. Yeah, man, just chill out. You know, drink a Seven Up, <laughs> have a moon pie, all that sort of thing. Uh, by the way, just just kind of a fun side note. This just came across my Twitter timeline as we were recording this show. Uh, the Packers are announcing a stock offering that's coming up on Tuesday. Starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. So if you are looking to get something for the Packer fan in your life for the holidays. Uh, you know, maybe spring for some some Packer stock. You can you can make that person that's close to you that is a Packer fan. They can become a Packer owner. Um, and I guess I, I guess you get to go to shareholder meetings too. I think they actually do have like shareholder meetings. Um, I, at I Lambeau. imagine they're just like Parks and Recs meetings where like it's just like people like <laughs> screaming stuff like like that doesn't make any sense too. I mean, look, I, I would say this. If I were a Packers shareholder, if I were, like, that kind of person and wanted to be a Packers shareholder, like, I would show up at Lambeau with, like, XO tape. And, like, this is why we <laughs> need to draft, a, you know, a safety. Or this is why we need to get more wide receivers or something. I'm, not that not that anybody would listen to me. But it would make me feel better <laughs> about myself if that I were that kind hilarious. of That would be hilarious. You show up with, like, a projector, like, a big, like, old movie reel style yeah. thing and just, like, start breaking down film. And they're just like, that. that is not what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Devontae Adams needs help. we got to sign another wide receiver. Uh, and then I would probably be laughed out of Lambeau Stadium, never to be seen again. <laughs> Whatever. I say it twice a week. I'm going to keep saying it because, you know, I keep putting it in the rundown, so that's why. Uh, you should sign up. Uh, not sign up. Or, I guess, sign up for TikTok. But uh, you should follow us at NFL Fantasy on the TikTok. Uh, see the stuff that we are doing there. Come check it out. Uh, we're doing fun, entertaining, informative. At least I hope it's informative and entertaining stuff. Uh, also, you can follow me uh, at Marcus Grant. I, uh, you know, I... I I will say this. I was like really big into it. I'm not not big into it. It just, you know, as time and the season kind of wear on you, you don't TikTok quite as much, but I'm still kind of lurking and I'm still tweeting and, and TikToking. And uh, I did one about Mike Gasicki being one of the top tight ends recently. And I think somebody went back and checked after he put up a zero uh, the other night asking uh, if it was still valid. And I will say that the stats I put out on TikTok are only valid at the time that they are posted. I bear no responsibility for what happens in the games following them. But uh, you can come check that out uh, so there. We have, and, we have reached the point now where, where your TikToks are, are holding back players. That's, that's, what, uh, that's, what, that's what I'm hearing. Wow. All right. Well, you know what? It's good to know I have that kind of power uh, over the random goofy things I do uh, sitting at home drinking coffee or whatever it is I'm doing on the TikToks. Uh, but anyway, yeah, come check us out. It's a it's a whole lot of fun there. Um, let's play hype train or smoke screen here uh, about some of the guys we have seen in the last week or two who have done some big things. The first one is the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Uh, we had, you know, been searching our brains coming up for reasons why the Chiefs hadn't looked like the offense we were used to there were a thousand think pieces it seems on what's wrong with the Chiefs and everybody had their own reason for why Patrick Mahomes wasn't putting up video game numbers every week well he did that on Sunday night against the Raiders in Las Vegas uh, he was the QB one Daryl Williams is RB one Travis Kelsey is the tight end one Tyreek Hill the wide receiver three they just drilled the Raiders and get a big win. Now they're back on top of the AFC West. So, hype train or smokescreen? The Chiefs offense is back now. Oh, this is a, a full-on hype train, I think. I mean, this is just proof as to why you never sit any of your Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes went off last night. Uh, Williams did as well. All of them did. They all absolutely went off. And we were talking before the show, and I, I kind of joked about it. But, like, imagine what it felt like to be the Chiefs. Like, 
you guys have dominated the NFL for three years. You're in two Super Bowls. You had the arguably one of the greatest offensive seasons ever, and you just repeatedly do it, do it, do it. You have a couple of bad games, and all of a sudden everyone's like, are all of them washed? Are they no longer <laughs> the best? Like, what is wrong with them? It was, And it's just like, no, it's it's okay. Like, it's a steal from rank. Like, chill, bro. Like, they're fine. <laughs> my, only, my biggest question with the Chiefs offense, Marcus, is like, what is this backfield going to look like once Clyde Edwards-Hilaire returns? Because... Darrell Williams is playing very, very well. That is going to be the big question, and I know that they're expecting CEH to be back next week, so um, I think we're going to be you know, keeping a close eye on the practice reports, seeing how things are going, but yeah, between Darrell Williams, look, the fact that a couple weeks ago Derek Gore came into our lives, uh, we weren't sure what to make of that, so... Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, does Clyde Edwards-Alaire just walk back into a starting gig? Does he get uh, a ton of the touches? That's going to be the big question. But I am sort of back on board with the Chiefs kind of turning things around. You know, what I, what I saw last night from them, it's a thing that you had been talking about, Patrick Mahomes saying, I just have to be content sort of taking a profit, sort of just taking what it is the defense gives me. And I think we saw that, especially the first half, right? It wasn't a lot of forcing the issue. It was just sort of making the open throws, making those plays. And then as the game went on, uh, the Raiders started to look a little bit more lost on defense. Then you start to see the Chiefs throw those haymakers. I mean, that that play where he rolls out and he throws it down the field and Darrell Williams basically just mosses a defensive back, uh, makes the catch, amazing. and then leans into the end zone. You know, and then they, they hit Tyreek Hill down the field. That looked like the Chiefs that we have been used to seeing the last few weeks. And so if they start to get that rhythm, they start to start having fun again, um, then I think everybody needs to worry. But I, I think I think last night was just, you know, it's a baseball player that's in a slump, right? And you have that two or three hit game, and all of a sudden you start rolling again. So uh, for us and our fantasy teams, that's great. For the rest of the AFC, Maybe not so much. <laughs> so, so we'll Here's see. a a quick lesson I I think we could take from this. Like what we see over the course of like two or three seasons matters a lot more than what we see over the course of two or three games. I think that is absolutely fair. Absolutely. Um, Ramondre Stevenson uh, over a couple of games looks like he is picking things up. Then a uh, hundred scrimmage yards in back-to-back contests for Ramondre Stevenson also found the end zone a couple of times on Sunday huge game for him Uh, some of it was uh, Damian Harris not being available but still some of it is that he really seems to be carving out a bigger role in that Patriots backfield so you know obviously maybe not the the level of fantasy production we saw yesterday but uh, in general hype train or smokescreen with Ramondre This is hype train for me. I mean, all Ramondre Stevenson has done since he's come into our fantasy lives is ball out. Like, he had a great preseason that that got him on our radar. Then I I know he had the fumble in week one and then was kind of relegated to the bench. But since he's come back into the Patriots rotation, he's been awesome. He had a team-high five targets this past week. Last week led the Patriots in rushing and receiving yards. So I think even when Damian Harris comes back, how do you get this guy out of your offense? Like, I think Harris will still see the the larger share, I would say, of groundwork. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see those guys split the groundwork and if we see Stevenson, not Brandon Bolden, take over the passing work moving forward because he's just the more explosive option. And he has shown us time and time again that he just because he's a big dude doesn't mean he can't catch the ball. I do think the guy who loses out here is probably Brandon Bolden. And we saw him have a couple of nice games earlier in the season, but Stevenson, you're right, is more explosive. 
He can catch the football, maybe not as well as Bolden, but I don't think it's a, a significant drop off uh, with with Bolden there. So I think he's the guy who sort of takes that RB two job behind Damian Harris. And I know for a lot of people, it's been sort of hard to figure, right? Because Stevenson was drafted, and there was sort of that like Garrett Blunt two label attached to him. Then in the preseason, early in the season, you know there was talk. I think the the running back coach said he's got a lot to work on, and so we all sort of backed off. We've seen Bolden come in there, but it looks like he's getting comfortable. Uh, he's starting to, to feel the offense a little bit more, and he's starting to get more opportunities. So he probably is the guy to own. Um, there's no need to fear Patriots running backs like we once did. I think Ramondre Stevenson needs to be on plenty more rosters than he is right now, and I do think he's got a role in this offense uh, for the rest of the year. Um Antonio Gibson, we thought was going to have a big role in the Washington offense. Early on, it didn't seem to be the case. On Sunday, he was sort of back to being the guy that we probably spent a second or third round pick on. Nearly 22 fantasy points, uh, his high for the season. Uh, Hype train or smokescreen? Is Antonio Gibson back now? Uh, This is just a hype train segment because I do think he (laughs) is a hype train player right now. Uh, He looked better yesterday. like He ran with power, with some authority. You see on these goal line carries... The shin injury, the shin injury that he was dealing with, was really hampering him before the bye week. They were limiting his touches, getting Jared Patterson more involved. That wasn't a thing yesterday. Patterson had four touches all game. Uh, it was Antonio Gibson. So I think he is back and healthy. The only thing I want to add is. It was a favorable game script for Washington. Uh, J.D. McKissick still had double the amount of targets. Uh, McKissick is still going to be that running back that they use in the two minutes uh, drill or when they're trailing and trying to you know, throw the ball a lot. So I think Antonio Gibson is trending up. He's looking healthy, but I still don't think he's quite going to be what we were hoping he would be coming into the season. Yeah, I am, I am on the hype train, but I'm still a little bit skeptical. 24 carries was great. Uh, the 2.7 yards per carry, not so great. And you're right, the game script uh, worked in his favor, much to everyone's surprise. I mean, I, yeah. I went into this week figuring they were going to be playing from behind against the Bucks, uh, and that it was going to be another heavy J.D. McKissick game. So as long as this continues to be the case, I think Gibson is in a good spot. If Washington can take leads, hold them into the second half, and, and have to grind out the clock, I think they're going to be fine. And who knows, maybe next week against Carolina they figure out how to make that happen. Um, but I think as long as they continue to struggle defensively, and by the way, news came this morning that Chase Young has a torn ACL, and so he's out for the rest of the year. So that's a big piece missing from their defense. Uh, I'm not going to say that J.D. McKissick fully goes away, but this was encouraging, and maybe they figured out how to get Gibson more involved in the offense. So uh, I'm going to remain optimistic here and hope that there are more games like this coming uh, for the rest of the season. Um Last one, Trevor Simeon, who has taken over as the Saints' starting quarterback since Jameis Winston went down with a knee injury. Consecutive games where he has thrown two touchdowns and no interceptions uh, came in a loss on Sunday to Tennessee. But, I mean, he's not necessarily a world beater in fantasy, but he's also not submarining your teams if you had the audacity to play him. Uh, Are we buying this hype train or smokescreen on Trevor Simeon? I'm thinking this is a smoke screen. Uh, Trevor Simeon was putting up pretty pedestrian numbers yesterday until late in the game when the Saints were in desperation mode and trying to get back in this one. Um, I, I'm still not sure what's going on here with Taysom Hill. Like Sean Payton and the Saints paid him all that money and 
Jameis Winston goes down, and they're like, nah, we're going to go with Trevor Simeon. So I still wouldn't be surprised if we see Taysom Hill take over at some point. Simeon, he, he's played better than expected, but I think he is still purely like a two-quarterback league type of guy. You don't want him in a one-quarterback league. Yeah, I, I'm not buying it. I mean, I feel like with Simeon, with a lot of these guys, right, there's a reason some of these guys are journeymen and career backups because we sort of know how this ends. I mean, look, the the Mike White experiment seems to be dead after he put up an awful game. Uh, no touchdowns, four interceptions for the Jets on Sunday. There's a reason Mike White has been a backup for his whole career. There's a reason Trevor Simeon uh, has never consistently been able to wrestle a starting job away from anybody. So it's been nice to see him play relatively well the last couple of weeks. I am not on board uh, with Simeon being a thing long term. Uh, it's just, is there anybody besides, say, Alvin Kamara, and I guess maybe Mark Ingram, is there anybody there that you trust consistently in the Saints offense? The running back, and that's really about it. Because we saw yesterday, even when Alvin Kamara is out, like Mark Ingram had a good day. So I think you could trust the, the lead running back, and that's really it. I think Traquan Smith is trending in the right direction, Deontay Harris, but even those guys, they're more deeper league plays. Well, and I think so much of it is dependent on the quarterback, right? If, if Trevor Simeon isn't throwing for a ton of yards, it's going to be hard for any of those pass catchers to really – uh, put up big totals, and the Saints' offense is not nearly as explosive as it had been in the past. You know, when Drew Brees was there, when they were, you know, when they had Michael Thomas. Um, so yeah, it's it's just been hard to sort of lean on any of those guys, and I definitely don't believe in leaning on Trevor Simeon uh, at any point for the rest of the year. This has been a good year for Michael Thomas, even though he hasn't played. Because <laughs> if he was truly just slant boy, you would just have anyone run these slants, and uh, they're they're clearly missing him. So. Maybe he's more than just, you know, slant boy. Yeah, maybe he is. Uh, he's definitely uh, maybe uh, kind of a key part of that offense. And uh, we are learning that in real time watching the Saints play. Time for another break. We'll come back and we will dive into the waiver wire, including Cam Newton, as he told us so eloquently. He is back. And we'll talk about whether or not he should be back in your lineup. Stay tuned for that on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you a look at the Week 11 waiver wire targets that Michael F. Florio compiles. Uh, take us through your list this week. Yeah, Cam Newton is my number one quarterback ad. If, if you didn't hear, Cam Newton reminded the world yesterday that he is, in fact, back. Tua Tungavailoa came in relief last week and played pretty well. Uh, I think with the long bye week now, we could get him back against the Jets. And then Mac Jones... He played really well this week. He gets a good matchup next week against the Falcons. A.J. Dillon is my top ad of the week right now with Aaron Jones out the next couple of weeks. Ramondre Stevenson, we just spoke about him. He's been playing really well. Deontay Foreman had led the Titans backfield in, in snaps and touches this past week. Dearness Johnson, I know Nick Chubb could be back, but Dearness Johnson is a really good backup handcuff, so I think you want him on your roster. 
Ty Johnson just keeps getting the, the job done, keeps seeing big targets in that passing game. Wayne Gallman looks like he might have taken over for Mike Davis there. Rashad Bateman, please add this guy so I could stop putting him on this list already. <laughs> he needs to be rostered in more leagues. So continuing with the receivers, Elijah Moore, he got the job done again this past week. D Jamal Agnew didn't have a catch, but still top double-digit fantasy points again. His usage is just very consistent there. T.Y. Hilton is back and tied for the team lead in targets. Deontay Harris and Traquan Smith are the top pass catchers there in New Orleans. Marcus Johnson we spoke about as a deeper league target. Dan Arnold just keeps getting targets and keeps scoring double-digit fantasy points. Tyler Conklin looking like a useful option there. And then some deeper tight ends if you're in a deeper league. Adam Troutman and Austin Hooper just off of the volume they've been getting as of late. All right. Uh, so let's go back, though, to Cam Newton. Uh, you know, he didn't play a ton. But he scored two touchdowns, uh, one rushing, one passing. Uh, as we mentioned, he told everybody that he was back, and he was promptly flagged for that. Boo. Uh, I mean, I know these are our bosses, but boo. <laughs> like, don't, fly, don't, throw, don't throw a flag on the man, right? He's been out of the league. He's celebrating. The play was over. Let him take it. It's fine. Whatever. And he's back uh, home, too. Like Right. He's back home in Carolina where he started his career. Uh, side note, by the way, apparently Sam Darnold had Robbie Anderson in football jail. I mean, not that Anderson was like super <laughs> spectacular yesterday, but he actually did things, and it's been a while since he has done things. Um, but is Cam a QB1 now that he's back and presumably going to be the starter in Carolina? Borderline. I, I think he's more of an upside QB2, but like he's definitely like a top 15 quarterback, I would say. Last year, 12 rushing touchdowns led all quarterbacks. 592 rushing yards was third, and he actually has better playmakers around him with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, so I think we could get better passing numbers out of Cam as well, and the next three weeks, the schedule is very friendly for him. Washington, Miami, Atlanta, all teams in the top six, at least heading into week 10 and fantasy points allowed to quarterback. So I think unless you have like a stud quarterback, you should be trying to get Cam Newton off the waiver wire this week. I went last week and I added Cam in a whole lot of spots. Now I didn't you know, have the foresight to start him in any of those, but I know I'm going to have some decisions to make because uh, I know there's at least one or two rosters where I have Jalen Hurts and Cam Newton. So I'm going to really be kind of scratching my head about the matchups and trying to figure out whether or not that's a thing I want to do, but he should be rostered. I would expect uh, that by the end of this week, or at least by the end of the waiver wire period in most leagues, he's going to be very heavily owned uh, across fantasy football just because, I mean, one, the excitement is back. Um, I mean, look, fantasy Twitter lights up when whenever Josh Gordon was going to do things, right? <laughs> so I can't imagine that we're not going to see excitement about Cam Newton. Uh, as we sit right now and record this show, he is rostered in 16.2% of NFL.com league. I suspect that number is going to go up significantly uh, by the time we do our next show on Wednesday. Um, Dan Arnold, and you talked about him as being a guy that maybe you would sort of ride with over Hunter Henry because of the volume. Again, tight end is maybe as gross as it has ever been in fantasy football. Uh, but Dan Arnold, is he understanding the kind of the nebulous nature of this is he a tight end one right now yes I think he is I mean this guy leads the team in targets since the Jaguars acquired him he has at least five targets in five straight games with seven or more in four of those so he's getting pretty safe reliable volume he has topped double digit fantasy points in every game with at least seven targets so 
double-digit fantasy points, Marcus, is enough to keep you on that borderline tight end one radius each week. So I think if he is not a tight end one, he is just on the outside of it. But he is definitely a consistent tight end, which is hard to find nowadays. So I make the case that he is a tight end one and someone that should be rostered in more leagues than he is. He should definitely be rostered in more leagues. I think some of it is one... Uh, nobody really knows who he is outside of fantasy circles. Uh, and two, he plays for the Jaguars. I think those are the two things that are sort of working against him. But if you were willing to dive into it and look at it a little bit, um, he is getting a lot of work there. He is, uh, you know, the Jaguar passing game has been a disaster to the point that people are wondering whether or not Trevor Lawrence is overhyped and overrated. Uh, I'm not willing to say that just yet. But, um, you know, what when they are having success, Generally, it's because they're getting the ball to Dan Arnold and or Jamal Agnew. Um, so he, he should probably get more consideration than he has been getting so far. Uh, all right. That gets us to the top waiver wire target for week 11. Who is it for you? For me, it is A.J. Dillon. I mean, he is even if it's just for one or two weeks. I, I think it'll be two weeks because the, then the Packers have a bye. So I think they're going to want AJ, uh, Aaron Jones healthy for the playoffs. I think we get Dillon the next two weeks. But... That is two weeks of an RB1. That is hard to find. The RB1s don't grow on trees. So uh, I think he is a guy that you could pick up and definitely get into your starting lineup. Uh, He is my top pickup of the week. And if he's already rostered in your league, then I think it's Cam Newton. I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon as well, just because, as you mentioned, running backs are sort of hard to come by. And anytime a guy's going to get volume and we know that's going to happen for the next couple of weeks, uh, I think he needs to be on a roster. I would say if he's not the guy, if he's already rostered or or, uh, you you just don't want to go that direction. Ramondre Stevenson's another one. He may not be the lead running back in New Orleans or uh, in New England, uh, but he should still get plenty of opportunities. So uh, those are the two guys that I would probably lean on right now, although I do like Cam, the idea of. Picking up Cam and, and kind of stashing him uh, for whenever you need him does feel like a, a really a really nice option. We'll wrap up the show previewing the Monday night football game from Santa Clara Rams at 49ers. Uh, the Rams looking to kind of stay hot in the division, especially with the Cardinals getting thumped on Sunday. Chance for the Rams to maybe take control a little bit in the NFC West. The Niners still sort of playing for their playoff lives. Uh, they're three and five, but they're still hanging around with a chance at a wild card spot, believe it or not. Uh, so, big game for both of these teams. Obviously, we're going to see Odell Beckham Jr. in light of the Robert Woods season ending knee injury. I know before it was sort of uh, up in the air, but now it uh, looks like OBJ is definitely going to play. So, his season high in fantasy points is 13.7. Let's put it at 14. Does OBJ get 14 or more tonight? The logical, all, all the logical reasons I'm thinking of are, are saying no, but I'm going to say yes just because it's fun and I could see Sean McVay being like, I want to get this new toy that we have and, and just show him off to the world on like the big stage on Monday Night Football. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, you know, they kind of force feed him the ball a couple of times tonight. So I, I'm going to say over here. I'm going to say over as well, partially for that reason that Sean McVay wants to show off that he's got a brand new weapon that he can work in the offense. I'm also going to say it because, look, man, I think Odell kind of wants to stick it to the Browns a little bit, right? Like, they let him go. He was sort of unceremoniously dumped. And then on top of it, the Browns went out and looked awful, getting drilled by the Patriots on Sunday. Couldn't do anything offensively. So part of me thinks that Odell wants to be able to kind of stick it to Cleveland a little bit and say, see, this is what you missed out on. This is what you could have had in your offense. So, yes, all the other factors, all the logical 
analytical, rational factors say no, but uh, my heart's saying yes. So uh, I'm going to go with yes on that one as well. Uh, All right, who would you rather have this week? Van Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk, who has seen a little bit of a resurgence lately? This one is super close for me. I actually have them ranked just a couple of spots apart, but I lean Van Jefferson here because both of them are part of three, basically three big receivers. And I know George Kittle's a tight end, but in San Fran, it's it's Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk. Uh, but I think Ayuk is kind of cemented there as the third option, whereas tonight I wouldn't be surprised if Van Jefferson is the second option because Odell is still getting acclimated, still learning the playbook. So uh, I think the opportunity might be a little safer for Van, but I'm feeling pretty good about both of these guys tonight. I am too. Uh, I'm going to lean with Van, even with all the things that we just said about uh, Odell and and how the, the Rams may try to work Odell in. Uh, it is, and I think you pointed this out last week, it's Van Jefferson that has a familiarity with the offense, that has that familiarity with Matthew Stafford, having played with him all year long. And I also think that right now he is probably more suited to kind of filling the Robert Woods gap in the offense. Now, maybe that changes uh, in in a week or two, but I think for now Van Jefferson is sort of that guy. Uh, I'm also saying it because I need a couple of big performances from Van Jefferson, including in a guillotine league where I am on the chopping block so I could use him having a nice nice game to kind of keep me safe in that situation. Uh, But I think there's at least... Uh, another week or two where we can really sort of lean on Van Jefferson. And then once Odell sort of gets his feet wet, uh, then maybe we reevaluate how things go there. But, uh, you know, I think it's close either way. I think both of them actually have pretty decent nights uh, tonight in this game. Um, Last one. Will Jimmy Garoppolo go over 19 points for the third straight week? I keep going back and forth on this one because I think if he does get to it, it's late. As I think the Rams are going to win this game. I think they'll have a lead. So maybe the Niners have to throw late in this game. But I also keep thinking, like, maybe we get a Trey Lance sighting if this game gets a little out of hand. So I'm going to say Jimmy G doesn't do it. But he definitely has a shot to do it, if, uh, especially if they have to throw late in the game. I'm going to say no. Uh, I think he's somewhere around 17 or 18 points. It's going to be an okay game for him. Uh, I do think he's going to have to throw the football a lot because the Niners secondary has been an issue. And so I think the Rams are going to score points. So that that's going to put the game a little bit more on Jimmy's shoulders than maybe otherwise would. But I don't think he's going to get quite enough to get you to 19. Uh, you know, if, if you need 17 points, I think he gets you there. If you need 19 or 20, then I think you're going to be a little bit disappointed. Uh, by Jimmy but yeah I don't know it should be interesting it is a long time rivalry the Rams and the Niners have been going at each other for a really really long time uh, so we'll see how this thing turns out tonight but uh, it should be a whole lot of fun uh, and look it's just it's nice to know that we're right about things right after week nine being so horrible it's nice to kind of be back on the right side of things this week sometimes we know what we're talking about sometimes we absolutely know what we're talking about Not that you'd know it from some of our Twitter mentions, but don't worry about that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, grape nuts contain neither grapes nor nuts. Be safe, take care of yourselves, get vaccinated, and we'll see you on Wednesday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.